Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, everyone, to Sharp Lessons Podcast Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. He's the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Another week. More lines, more numbers, and uh, a decent, not great, week three for college football, week two for the NFL for us, Nate. Yeah, definitely a week of a lot of regrets. Bet some team to college football a little bigger that ended up losing. Made some smaller bets that ended up winning. Didn't even make bets entirely or bets I wanted to make to try to get to certain numbers, and they never got there, and they end up smashing in the form of Oregon in Washington wanted to get minus three on both never got there and they both were no doubt winners so I think that's kind of the lesson of the week maybe I don't know about bet more or just kind of if you do have a strong conviction from earlier in the year it's it's early enough in the season where you could try to make a bet on it and uh, fail to do that and then NFL just one of those weeks had the Panthers big they fumble the opening kickoff Giants get a field goal they have another fumble on their first offensive drive. Giants get another field goal. And still, Panthers up 13-6 at, at the second half. And they let up a touchdown and aren't able to get some some stops. And the Giants get enough field goals. So not a bet I regret making. It didn't win. But that's just kind of the, uh, the trials and tribulations of football betting. It's a couple plays, some turnovers, kind of swing a result and uh, all you can do is keep your head up high try to learn from any mistakes you made or kind of reinforce that you made a good bet that didn't win and move on and try to make money because there's going to be plenty more opportunities this season of 16 more regular season NFL weeks and college football is about a quarter of the way in that's the sport that really flies by where you look at the calendar and you're like wow we spent all this time looking at all these teams and 25 percent of the the schedule's already done for a lot of teams. Some, nuts, some even yeah. two-thirds. Some have four games. They played week zero. So definitely some lessons learned this week and looking to bounce back this week for college football week four and NFL week three. Yeah, it was uh, it was an okay week for the best bets. New Mexico State team total, Nate. I am, uh, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy they got that touchdown. I don't know what the Wisconsin defense was thinking on that third and long, giving up such a long pass. But, you know, you, you live and you learn and you move on. I really was hoping New Mexico State would get nothing. Wisconsin minus 37 covered. Was really happy about that. So we're doing okay. Podcast could be doing better. But this is the week we turn it around. All right? This is the week we get back on track. We go all green. We get all our best bets correct. I may have five or six best bets when we have that episode on Thursday. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm seeing the board pretty clearly. I'm liking what we're seeing. I think it's going to be a good weekend. I really do. And we have to learn. We have to start with the lessons that we learned last week. And I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the one lesson that I learned this weekend, especially just for NFL. I cannot bet sides in the NFL. I can't. I, I think I might be done for the season betting sides on the NFL. It's so difficult, at least for me, to predict a team that's going to cover, a team that's going to win. I put a good amount on the Colts' money line 
bad, stupid decision, terrible move. They lose to the Jaguars, didn't even score a point. I put some money on the Vikings money line on Monday. Nope. They got whooped. So I think I'm just done. I think I'm done betting sides. I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I really feel bad if you had the Ravens minus anything, minus three or three yep. and a half. I mean, they're up 21 going the fourth quarter. They lose the game. If you had Browns minus six and a half, you know, I don't know if they're the right side just because it's kind of a close game throughout and they pulled away. But the way they lost was absolutely brutal just from a team perspective. But also if you had the Browns minus six and a half and then the I guess I was on the right side of it, but the Cardinals-Raiders game where the Raiders close five, five and a half. Yeah. They're up 20 in the third quarter. Cardinals getting shut out, doing nothing. They're up 16 going in the fourth quarter. Score two touchdowns, get both two-point conversions in crazy fashion. Insane. Cardinals win on overtime on the uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. So, yeah, it's one of those things. You can be on the, the right side, I guess, for 58 minutes. And, and just completely lose it. Yeah, it so sucks. it's it's just kind of like I think it's not necessarily like you're making bad bets or doing the wrong thing, but I think it's just kind of the lesson is like you bounce bouncing back from maybe like a an emotional tolling loss is important, and yeah. don't be like oh I'm gonna take a week off just because like I made a, like a bad bet because maybe that upcoming week there's gonna be good bets. So it's a long grind. I know it's not for everyone, but definitely you're not alone if you're if you're losing bets. There's other people losing bets and going through that emotional uh stress maybe. So No, uh, yeah, no more sides. You know, try bouncing back, but if you don't want to bet sides, I'm guessing you want to look at NFL totals. Totals, props, all in team totals. Love a good team total. Yeah, so I know props. First halves. Props I'll go are, sides for first halves. That's fine. I know I know, yeah, I take out the end game variance. Um NFL unders have been quite the rage they have been for the first two weeks so just looking at the board this week seeing a lot of nfl games of totals 38 39 and a half 40 and a half like i think the odds makers are making adjustments and not saying that overs are going to start hitting uh, more often but i think we're getting to the point where unders are being shaded so i'd have maybe a little bit tougher time betting unders at some of these really low almost rock bottom numbers in terms of the total yeah i think that's a really good strategy maybe we could talk about that when we talk about the thursday night game little little bump for that yeah all right opening bell some uh some line movement in college football that we wanted to get to really only one important college game that we wanted to look at for some line movement and that's uh the golden gophers go from a plus one underdog to minus three on the road in east lansing against michigan state I bet Minnesota on Monday at minus two and a half. I still like the Golden Gophers. I I think their offense is going to be good enough to get them the win, even on the road in what will probably be a tough environment in East Lansing. And Michigan State coming off a loss to Washington where they looked awful, which makes sense is why this line moved. But I'm I'm on the Golden Gophers. I'm rowing the boat, Nate. Yeah, so there's some other big games this week in college. I thought this was the most intriguing line move because if you had this line before last week, Michigan State would have probably been a field goal favorite in this game. Michigan State goes out to Washington, looks terrible, only lose by 11 on the final score. But if you watch that game, yeah, that was a bad. bigger gap in margin than than it ended up being Michigan State with some late scores to make it a little bit looking better on the uh, final score line. And then Minnesota keeping on rolling, rowing the boat, PJ they are three and zero, and they just destroyed Colorado, who yeah. is maybe the worst team in 
in the Power Five division. Have you looked at Minnesota's schedule? It's it's a cakewalk. Is the only problem so far? They, so yeah, far, well, it's, so, it's been a cakewalk. So that's what's New keeping Mexico me. State. <laughs> yeah, that's what's keeping me off Minnesota. New Mexico State. When New Mexico State was playing on like four days rest with travel yeah. after playing in Week Zero, yeah. Western Illinois from the FCS mm-hmm. and Colorado. The worst team, I think, in Power Five at least right now. <laughs> it's pretty bad. So now, you know, Minnesota stepping up in class, and that's going to be a good, big game for them because yeah. it's one of those things we don't really know what Minnesota is. Obviously, they look no. good, but I don't think we can take too much from those three games that they've had. And, and Michigan State looking looking bad. So for me in this game, I let's just say I'll be rooting for Minnesota for just some some season long kind of stuff. Yeah, you got to stay on um, that side. And uh, yeah, I hope Minnesota wins, and I'm a little bit worried now that they're a they're a road favorite, and I think maybe that could maybe ignite Michigan State and kind of motivate them, knowing that they are being disrespected. And and even though last week they probably thought they were being disrespected, being a ranked team as over a field goal underdog on the road against a ranked team, and Michael Penix absolutely lit up their secondary, killed him. Killed him. And that that's my thing is Minnesota's offense is really good. Their run game is spectacular. With Mo Ibrahim, yep. I just I don't know if their passing game will be able to take advantage of Michigan State. It looked a little better in Week Three, but again, all the competition they played has been garbage. So I'm a little hesitant on that two and a half. I'm happy I took it, and I'm happy that line moved in my favor. But I don't know. Maybe maybe something's wrong with me if I'm starting to trust PJ Fleck a little too much. He hasn't really shown in the past to to come through for some of these games. But maybe maybe it's changed. Maybe the team's changed. This is a really senior heavy team. So. This could be the time they finally do something. And if you look out at the Big Ten West, Wisconsin already has a loss. Iowa, obviously, a disaster offensively. Nebraska, I don't think we have to mention how bad. I think we all know what, how Nebraska is. Yeah. Uh, Purdue just lost again. Like, the Big Ten West is wide it's open for Minnesota. I know yeah. a lot of those teams and maybe has an impact. Like, they haven't had a conference game yet, so that's still up in the air in terms of, like, Minnesota and, and Iowa and Wisconsin. Yep. But just looking at those teams as a whole – I think this could be definitely be – it has to be the year for, for Minnesota um, if they want to represent the uh, Big Ten West and the Big Ten title game. So big game for them in East Lansing. Very interested to see how that plays out and where that line goes. I, I think now at Can plus it go three. three? Yeah, I don't think it will. I think we're going to see people bet Michigan State yeah. at plus three, and maybe this closes like two, two and a half on game day. Yeah, hopefully not lower than two and a half. But it w- it's hard to see Michigan yeah. State being more than a three and a half point underdog at home against minnesota agree unless they have like a ton of injuries and and i know they had some maybe injuries that weren't reported uh before right yeah we reported an hour before the game uh so michigan state doesn't really do a good job revealing their injury reports so if you see any line moves like an hour before the game there might be some sort of injury situation going on minnesota whether they're or michigan state whether they're getting a player back or maybe another guy is down or isn't uh active for the game who missed last week let's do market watch a look at some nfl line movements that we wanted to do we have four games in the nfl that has some interesting line movements the chiefs patrick mahomes and company going from minus three to minus six and a half against the colts that look like one of the nfl's worst teams at the moment uh i'm never super trustworthy of the chiefs against the spread and i know patrick mahomes has a you know a debatable past on how good he can be against the spread but Man, the Colts look really, really, really bad. Really bad. So, are you trusting six and a half? I, I would stay away from the Chiefs at minus six and a half, to be honest. Yeah, I'm definitely actually looking towards the Colts. I think this is almost too far of an adjustment for it's a Colts three team. three and a half points. That's a lot. Yeah, and I, there's some sevens out there. And, and Colts plus seven, 
might be a bet for me. I kind of want to wait to see if Michael Pittman progresses. I think one of the reasons the Colts played so poorly, there's multiple reasons they played poorly, but not having Michael Pittman with what else is behind him in terms of the Colts receiver room is is pretty bleak. So I I wasn't really expecting – I'm not surprised, I guess, Matt Ryan didn't like play as poorly as he did. But I think with Michael Pittman back at home, their home opener, it's a chance for the Colts, a team that I had high expectations on, to kind of like not even meet those expectations, but like just play normal, average. Yeah, they can do think that. Just doing Big that. Shambles. But I think doing that, and you get Shaquille Leonard, the middle linebacker back, and hopefully Pittman. That that just that number is way too inflated. Catching nearly a touchdown or a full touchdown at home, so I'm definitely going to take a long look at the Colts. I think that's probably going to be my favorite NFL bet this week, especially if it stays at six and a half or seven, and either Leonard or Pittman come back. So I know there's some detractors. The Chiefs looked good in Week One, Week Two they won, but I don't think they looked that good. But now I feel like they'll be you know have the extra rest advantage and preparation to prepare for this Colts team. So there's definitely some things that are holding me back from making like a really big bet on it. But for me, I'm definitely going to look into or towards betting the Colts, hopefully at a plus seven. I'm going to start hating this segment because it's going to start making me want to bet some sides. And I just said, I don't want to bet any sides, but the Colts plus seven seems kind of almost too easy, especially Colts being back at home. As long as they're not paying the Jaguars. I think they have a good a shot as any to cover because the Jaguars seemingly is the only kryptonite for the Colts at this point. They can't, do anything against the Jaguars. So they're playing a Chiefs team. They're getting seven at home, getting players back from injury. I think that's a really good spot to hit them. Uh, Packers, plus three to plus two at the Buccaneers. That total's moved to 45 to 41. People are not expecting too many points in this game, especially after what they saw from the Buccaneers' defense in week two. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Packers plus three is intriguing. Packers plus two, eh, maybe a little less so because you're not getting that important number three. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to look at this game. I saw Monday morning early that total went from 45 down to 41. And it wasn't just because of the Mike Evans suspension that caused the move in the in the side in total. The side even was going to two and a half. And then on top of that, Evans gets suspended like 10 minutes later. Yeah. And now we're sitting at, at two across the board, 41, 41 and a half. So I think you just kind of look at these teams and how they've played. And the Packers-Bears game, they bounced back the Packers. But just the way they play the, the Packers, like they – a lot of emphasis on running the ball as Aaron Rodgers still gets acclimated to his new wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Just like the pace they play at, they play so slow. They run. Yeah, the, they grind. They it run down. the play clock down, and yeah. and the game keeps going. The clock keeps moving. So I think the Packers right now are certainly an under team. And if you watch the Bucks last two weeks, definitely a dead nuts under team. Just the way their defense is playing and the troubles that Tom Brady and the offense is having. Their offensive line isn't as good as it has been in the past few years. Chris Godwin's down. Even Julio Jones is 
maybe an important uh, not an important player who should change the spread but just kind of the style of offense they're gonna run just having all these pieces down and, and now without Mike Evans as long as that suspension is upheld I, I think that the under move makes a lot of sense but it is truly crazy seeing Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers to like the better quarterbacks of our generation and like the lowest total you're ever <laughs> going to see between these two teams. And I think that total paints the picture of like what, how the market views these teams is, yeah. is more their defense ahead of their offense and, and the offense really kind of working on some of the kinks early in the season and the pace too the pace is definitely going to be slow and absolutely especially if brady doesn't have his top two receivers to throw to they're going to be running the ball yeah, maybe top three because yeah. godwin's out and uh the way to beat the packers is in the last few years has been running on them so i think it's gonna be a lot of leonard, leonard fournette, fournette a lot of aaron jones aj Dillon on the other side so it makes complete sense but i think it's just something worth looking at Monday morning, that that total absolutely got a lot of hit hard. Like moving four points yeah. in a game between Rodgers and Brady is unheard of. But that's what we had on our hands Monday morning is the uh, the feeding frenzy of the NFL market moves hit six days before the game. It's earlier Kinda than crazy. ever. Yeah, people are really hitting these lines. Tough, early. tough for the common man to uh, <laughs> to bet NFL when they wake up Monday morning and lines are already gone. Hey, that's why we do the show. That's why it comes out on Tuesdays. You want to get those lines early on of the week before Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yep. Listen to us. Get the, get the numbers early. Absolutely. Get the number and the movements early. Another big game that's been moving, Nate. 49ers going from the underdog of three points to a favorite of one and a half at the Broncos. Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. Oof. Oof, they yeah. they they look incompetent. They look terrible. Uh, what is it? Oh for five, oh for six in the red zone so far this year. It, it's just it's um it's bad. It's like kind of that meme where he's sitting in the middle of the room on fire and it's going, "This is fine, <laughs> this is fine." That that's pretty much Russell Wilson right now. He just he hasn't been getting the support scheming wise. He hasn't been getting the support from his players, and he's just a very corny person. So everything is just going downhill for Russell Wilson at this point. So that's why the 49ers are getting a lot of the money, one and a half really don't take too big of a leap down from Trey Lance to Jimmy G. They look competent with Jimmy G behind behind center. I mean, I think this is going to be a team that is still has as good of a chance as they had with Trey Lance to go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Yeah, I think they could make an argument for that. So this is a Sunday night game, really intriguing. And in terms of Jimmy G, Trey Lance, I think it's important to start there. I think from a week-to-week perspective or game-by-game, game, especially early in the season, Jimmy G is absolutely an upgrade to the point spread from Trey Lance. Trey Lance, higher ceiling on mm-hmm. paper, makes a lot of sense, but he has to you know play to that ability, and it yep. was definitely, I, I think as expected, going to take a little bit for him to get going. I don't think he was going to hit the ground running. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't have many starts since the 2019 no. FCS season, so he's very raw. And getting Jimmy G in right now, and obviously a system he knows well, teammates he knows well, mm-hmm. teammates who seem like they were gonna they're gonna rally around him because he's a great locker room guy. Yeah. I think that gives the 49ers an immediate upgrade for right now in terms of going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I think there's definitely a path with Jimmy G, but the ceiling might not be as high with him. But I think for now it's a positive, as you mentioned. Nathaniel Ackett just looks underqualified for the job and looks terrible and struggling to beat the Texans it's rough yeah is not a good look and I think that's why we saw this line go from two and a half on Monday morning to 49ers a favorite I was looking at the 49ers plus two and a half Sunday night thinking like well maybe I'll go back to three of course it's not going to go back to three everyone's seen what's going on no. with Denver 
that's a little bit of regret on my part. And at this point, I'm not sure if I can bet the 49ers as a road favorite, especially it's a game in elevation and the Broncos historically do well early in the season at elevation because teams aren't in as good of shape. So I'll be rooting, I guess, for the 49ers for some some season betting (laughs) stuff. But at the current number, I don't think I can get involved just with the 49ers being a favorite and and uh yeah i think that's kind of the approach to a a game i'm excited to watch but not sure if i'm going to have a bet like specifically on the game itself america's team's been getting some money cowboys plus four to plus two plus four and a half to plus two and a half at the giants nate people starting to believe in cooper rush cooper rush america's quarterback sure he looked people like him he looked competent on sunday he did he He's definitely a downgrade from Dak Prescott, but maybe yeah. not like the six to seven points that I personally downgraded the Cowboys. Yeah. Part of the downgrade of the Cowboys I had um, in my personal numbers was the team just looking bad in week one and like Cooper Rush stepping into a team with an offensive line that's banged up or just not good. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver options that are definitely worse than last year without Michael Gallup for now and Amari Cooper on the Browns. So I thought like Cooper Rush was going to really struggle in this situation. However, I was kind of interested in them plus seven against the Bengals. Another game where I thought about betting but didn't end up pulling the trigger and kind of regretted it, but it is what it is. So this line reopens plus three, look out four and a half, and then on Monday got bet down to two and a half. And I think a lot of that is the Giants. They are two and oh, but pretty fortunate, I would say, in both games. Yeah. Being Tennessee in a game yeah. that could have gone either way. They're down 13 nothing early. They come back need a kind of a late touchdown to, to go cut it to one and the the, the ballsy two-point conversion by Dable to give him the win and then last week I, we mentioned at the top of the show like they definitely could have lost to the Panthers they had under four yards per play the, the offense still struggled and if you're looking at that matchup the Cowboys still have really great defensive pieces specifically Micah Parsons mm-hmm. I think he could give a lot of trouble to the Giants offensive line so Probably the numbers right now at two and a half. It's probably the correct number, but I definitely would give the matchup advantage to Dallas. And if you're looking to tease this game, I think it's a great teaser leg because I don't see the Giants, even with Cooper Rush on the other side, winning by more than a possession. Yeah, I, I like it. And the thing with the Giants, I still don't know if I really have the Giants figured out correctly. The Cowboys just seem like, I, in a weird way, they're kind of more free with Cooper Rush in a way. It seems like the uh, the pressures with having Dak and what everyone expects from that team with Dak at quarterback – just kind of release the Cooper rush. It's more free offense flows. They kind of have more options. They like to go to the run game a bit more can make a little bit of a difference. No, I agree. And he, he has the experience from last year, won a Sunday night game yeah. at the Vikings. It was a little bit of a different setup for the, the Cowboys, but the giants two and O, but a little bit like it could <laughs> easily be O and two. It could yeah. be easily O and two. So yeah. I think the number is definitely going in the right direction it's a Monday night game. Let's see where that number goes. But I doubt we get back to Cowboys plus three just because they, they did look good enough on Sunday to, to upset the Bengals as a, as a touchdown underdog. So uh, I don't think the, the market, especially since the Giants actually closed as an underdog at home to the Panthers. So they took a lot yeah, of uh, anti uh, – there was a lot of anti-Giants Monday on game day, like real money on the Panthers. They ended up winning the Giants. But I could see a same situation Monday like night. Pick'em this game yeah it, it could especially because it's the cowboys too and they they always just get money being the cowboys absolutely i can see that or at least get to plus one so you kind of knock out some of the so the teasers or the traditional six point teasers so yeah I, I can see that being the case so 
I know it's uh, the game's not till for another six days, but if you do want to lock in a teaser, I, I think the Cowboys have to be the staple of, of your options for the two uh, team six-pointers. Situations of the week have a few hangover games, a sandwich game, but the hangover games to all end, hangover oh. games, App State. Lousy hangover. Triple hangover. Triple hangover. Yeah, that's true. Let's think about <laughs> App State's schedule. Miracle of the Mountain, part two. Yeah. After part one. Well, and then go back to week one. Yeah. You're playing in-state opponent. North Carolina comes to Boone. Mm-hmm. You play that crazy 63-61 to 61 game. You score 40 points in the fourth quarter, miss two-point two conversions. Tough loss for App State. That could have actually been the hangover the next week. But then they go to College Station and pull off a huge upset win. against the Aggies. Not just an upset against Texas A&M. You steal game day away from Texas A&M. They were planning <laughs> yeah. on going to Miami A&M last yeah. week that's pretty impressive. instead they go to boone you play troy close 13 and a half point favorite you're down pretty much the whole game and then you went on a hail mary are they While the game days destiny this year i don't even know this i is think bizarre. so i mean game days in town and they went on a hail mary and absolutely nuts now you have another home game game day is not there mm-hmm. i feel like there might be a little bit of a lull <laughs> James it's Madison possible. comes to town, a new team in the FBS. They were in the FCS. They were yeah. always the team that would like lose to North Dakota State yep. in the FCS uh, championship game. James Madison, 2-0. and Not much is known about him, I think, in terms of like competing at this level. But I think that makes him an interesting bet, especially like, on the money line, because there's a lot of variance. And App State's situation is terrible. Like I said, a triple hangover game for <laughs> App State against a James Madison team coming off a bye, going to be super focused. And I know that it's a different level of football in the FCS, but they were a good enough team in those days where they probably would compete with a Sun Belt team. So I think James Madison, you can get them plus seven right now, plus seven and a half. Definitely going to look to bet them and also on the money line this week. Definitely. the I would imagine App State will be a pretty trendy pick, too, just because of the headlines. They've been making Miracle in the Mountains it will, and doing all that. It will, but I think – Sports bettors have become more sophisticated where they're like, this it's team possible. got super lucky. Can't wait to bet against them next week. And like the part about game day and mm-hmm. the part about beating A&M is like well known that there's probably a lot of people thinking, oh, this could be a letdown. And if they follow yeah. FCS football at all, they're like, oh, James Madison, absolute power. So I actually think James Madison might be a, a popular bet, um, maybe even a, a sexy pick as we get closer Ooh, to the weekend. A little early sexy pick. Uh, another team, Washington, slowly becoming America's team. Michael Penix becoming America's quarterback in college. <laughs> a slightly close to inappropriate name, but he's been just going insane passing-wise. And I think him being primetime against Michigan State, people really seeing how good he was, I think that was really cool. I'm really happy for the guy being a former IU quarterback. I mean, he is incredibly talented. Washington plays Stanford this week yep. and that total has been climbing 61 and a half it started it's at 64 and a half now washington's about a two touchdown favorite uh washington playing at home stanford can be can be pesky they can be pesky they they almost mounted a comeback against usc to cover the spread there right so this could be a bit of a hangover game after that uh stunning prime time win against michigan state yeah that's what i was thinking and not necessarily because like a hangover in terms of like a close game but it's almost like just betting against a team off their potentially best performance of the year and, and I think they're that's, ranked now too right exactly so they were unranked now they're ranked yeah they're a lot might, of pressure yeah it's just a little bit extra there's now people are recognizing washington they yeah. were definitely going under the radar yep. going into last week in terms of 
the uh, the mainstream college media stuff. But now a lot of talk about them because Michigan State was the darling of last year and they knocked Michigan State off, and now they play Stanford. Obviously, a, a packed you stay at home, which is which is nice for for Washington. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough place think, to play think, for any opponent. Too. Yeah, I think having to travel may have been more of a true hangover situation. I don't think I'm going to bet against Washington, but I could definitely see maybe a, a slower start or maybe Stanford with their quarterback Tanner McGee, McKee, who has a pretty good pedigree from his uh, recruiting days when he was a highly touted recruit. They could put up some points, and that's why we've seen this total go up. Yep. If it goes up a little bit more, I'm I'm I really like the over at sixty one and a half. But if it gets to sixty six, sixty seven, even I'm I'm going to lean towards the under there because kind of of that hangover thing where you know everyone knows what this Washington offense is, and Stanford's defense is is not you know a top tier defense in the country. But maybe teams are kind of now that they have three games of uh, Washington to figure them out, help them out a little bit defensively. So. If it climbs a little bit higher, that may be a pick for me with the the under in Washington Stanford. Another hangover, Eastern Michigan. Explain that one. Yeah, I, that's the one I didn't do a lot of research on. Was this Eastern Michigan team? Well, do you know who Eastern Michigan beat last week? Uh, yeah, on the spot. they did. Uh, got, uh, Arizona got, State. Yep, got Herm Edwards got Herm fired. Edwards fired. Yeah, they went to the desert on the field, <laughs> pulled it up, say yeah, literally <laughs> Twitter and God and everyone. Eastern Michigan won on the field, and they potentially had the coach fired literally on the field as yeah. the uh, president of asu and the athletic director it's a rough look. pulled herm off to the side while he's walking off in defeat and said something to him and, and the next morning fired. they're like we're gonna fire you tomorrow or <laughs> we need let's have a meeting tomorrow <laughs> morning yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely along those lines and uh now eastern michigan goes back home six point favorite against buffalo Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm going to bet Buffalo, but we saw last week all these hangover situations work where a team goes and pulls off a huge upset, whether it was Marshall or Georgia Southern and App State even, where they fail to cover the spread off big upset wins. So just something to keep an eye on. I actually don't think Buffalo is, is good at all. So it's a little bit of an underdog that you have a little – you're a little scared to bet on just because Eastern Michigan is coming back home. There's probably going to be a lot of you know excitement in the home crowd, but just something I want to keep in mind just because those um, hangovers last week worked so well in terms of big upset uh, winners uh, going and playing the next week against someone more in their weight class. Sandwich game, NC State. Sandwich. This is going to be a tough one because I love the Wolfpack. Bet their team total over, but their win total over, bet a minus 10 is the best bet last week. That hit with flying colors against Texas Tech. They play UConn this week at home, and then they have to go and travel to Clemson to start October. That time is still TBD, but I'd imagine if Clem, if NC State is still ranked top 15 and Clemson's still ranked top five, it's going to be probably prime time, if not the main game of the weekend. Yep. So you'd have to imagine playing a team like UConn. Yeah, not gonna be too focused on them this week. Yeah, when you said this is a tough one, it's like I thought you were gonna say uh, it's gonna be a tough one because I don't want to bet on UConn, I, which yes. I totally understand. I would love. To, I want to keep betting on the Wolfpack, They're especially great. after what UConn uh, did against Michigan, where they looked horrible. <laughs> they did look really but bad. as you mentioned, there's that look ahead. But what makes it a sandwich is last week they had a, a prime time big TV time slot game yeah. against Texas Tech, who actually was in a sandwich spot of their own because they're playing hosting Texas this week and Houston the week before. So this is just kind of the spot for NC State where they're fortunate they're playing UConn, a team without a pulse. But are they going to cover nearly 40 when the total is 49 and a half? 
I don't know. I could see NC State calming down. Let's just get out of this game healthy. And yeah. UConn, after getting embarrassed, maybe they have a little bit more of a, a game effort and at least keep it within the number. But NC State, I think definitely by the second half, we're going to be thinking about a trip to Clemson, a team that they beat last year at home, and probably the decisive game on who's going to win the ACC Atlantic. You want to, you know, a gross play I'm thinking of right now, just on that game, would be the UConn you, I, first half team total under. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go full game team total no, under. But I don't want to make that mistake again with New Mexico yeah. State because if, if NC State just starts putting in all the subs in the third quarter because they're up 30 points or whatever, I don't want to take that risk. Risk. So if UConn's first half team total under is like three and a half, I, I'm going to jump on that. Because what, it's a 40-point spread? Yeah, it might be a half, yeah. which would be really disgusting. But I still might do it. No points in the Two first and half. half. <laughs> I just mean, to get a safety. Just the math off the top of my head: spread thirty-eight and a half, total forty-nine and a half. That means they're expecting uh, like forty-five to five or yeah. so. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I yeah, it'd probably There's, be like it'd probably be two and a half or a half. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. Good I'm lo- fine with a half. Good luck finding that. You might have to dig deep Saturday morning to find out. Yeah, board. <laughs> well, that's what I did for New Mexico State. They didn't put the team total out till Saturday morning. At f- uh, four and a half was a weird number. I should have known at that point. That <laughs> stay away. But a half a point, I might take the under on UConn, first half at least. For sure. Thursday night football, Nate. Let's take a look at that game. Steelers and the Browns, uh, two teams that uh, certainly have their own issues to be dealing with going into this game. Certainly not a great short week for either team. Yep. But right now, the Browns are favored. Four and a half, five, I think, are the numbers that are going around right now. That total is low, and we talked about the low totals to start the show. 38 is the total in this game. Honestly, with a total that low, the first thought is over. And I know Mitch Trubisky's terrible, and I know the Browns are struggling offensively, and the Steelers have a decent defense, but 38 for an NFL game, that is, that's low. Yeah, I can see the point there where sometimes a total so low that – all you need is like a defensive touchdown, a, a turnover, which the Some Steelers stupid play, which Trubisky Steelers, does a lot. Yeah, Trubisky can do it, and the Steelers, um, at least in Week One, had a knack for for setting up short fields and and everything. So reopened three and a half, got bet up to five Monday morning, and now we're seeing a little bit of uh, four and a half. Some five still. I think there's some injury stuff going off the Browns of Clowney already ruled out, and yep. Miles Garrett maybe not being part of this game. So. I think the the thing in this game to think about is the Steelers were bet pretty heavily against uh, in week two against the Patriots. Patriots closed minus three in Pittsburgh. And uh, the Patriots just aren't that highly regarded, I'd say, in the, in the betting market. So the fact that they got out to minus three against Pittsburgh, I think, says a lot about the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then the Browns. The fact that it's five is true. But, like, you were th- plus three at home against the Pats. And I know the Browns have Jacoby Brissett, who actually played pretty well on Sunday. He wasn't the reason they lost. There was many other reasons the Browns lost to the Jets, including poor clock management, time management, just knowing the game. Yeah, uh, they should have won by by seven if if Nick Chubb stays doesn't score a touchdown or Kareem Hunt doesn't go out of bounds a couple times while they're trying to run out the clock. So. I, I get the idea, I guess, that it's too big of a spread, especially with a low total, and, and that's what's going to keep me off from definitely not betting the Browns in this game. I know Brissett looked good, but I don't want to bet him as a favorite uh, consistently. He's just Five not points. that kind of quarterback that's going to no. score points quickly. It's going to be a lot of running in this game. Same time, 
We saw Mitch Trubisky in Chicago for a while. Sadly. We've seen him the last two weeks. That's been rough. The offense is averaging like four and a half yards per play. It's, it, they won in week one because of the turnovers and the yeah. winning the turnover margin, 5 nothing, and still probably should have lost the game if, if the Bengals could make a field goal. So it's hard for me, honestly, to get behind the Steelers, although if you do want to make a case for the Steelers, sometimes it's harder to baby bet on a team on a short week on the road. However, Steelers, they're used to playing in that stadium. It's a short trip for them. It's not like L.A. to Kansas City last week where that could have maybe played a factor in the overall handicap for the game. So it's probably like the easiest trip you could ask for, especially because of the division familiarity. And so, we know Mike Tomlin as an underdog, too, gets right. a spread. It's hard to bet against Mike Tomlin when he's the underdog. Absolutely. So I guess – I don't even want to bet the Steelers, though, because and, – and something else to keep in no mind. Sides. No I wouldn't, sides. I wouldn't be sh- shocked if Kenny Pickett takes over at some point in this game. Huh. I don't know. Just Interesting. Maybe they'll wait for the long week and start him week four against the, the Jets. That would be a, a nice time, but Trubisky's just just not the guy. He's maybe just find, not the find guy. a Kenny Pickett prop over half a yard passing. If those are offered, then sure. Take uh, it. I don't know Plus if they, if that's a, a normal thing. Definitely look at the the, the prop shop websites to, to see that. But or maybe just go Trubisky under with the idea that he could that he could leave get yeah. benched. So it's not going to be a pretty game. No, it's going to be extraordinarily ugly. And that is my, my only hesitation with doing the over. But is maybe we see like twenty five points combined. Yep, absolutely. And every team in the AFC North lost last week, so. Even though both these teams are kind of coming in 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 tough shape based on the results, there's still a lot to play for in this game because even though the betting market has these two as the the third and fourth options, I guess, or favorites to win the AFC North behind the Ravens and Bengals, both these teams probably believe they have a shot to win this division and definitely win this game. So um, for me, I think the number has gotten out to a point it's a little too high, but I do not want to put my money on Trubisky Steelers at this moment especially after they got steamed against last week against New England yeah I think that's fair I'm gonna be looking at Nick Chubb props for 100% he he talked about in his press conference how he feels bad he didn't go down he was saying you know it's my fault we lost yeah. I didn't go down comeback game Nick Chubb comeback game for he's sure. gonna be getting some of the loads uh, running wise he's going to I'm sure have that motivation so maybe a Nick Chubb touchdown Nick Chubb yards over even receiving yards whatever it is I'm gonna be looking at overs for whatever Nick Chubb does because he clearly feels bad about being a pretty big reason why they lost that game wasn't the only reason, but a pretty big reason. So the fact that he's voiced that and talks about it, that motivation's there. And the Browns are going to rely on him a lot, no matter if he lost them a game or not. So that that's a, a Nick Chubb over is definitely my number one look for this game. And you can run the ball on the Steelers, especially oh, yeah, about, yeah. Without, without TJ Watt. I think there's a, a reputation perception the Steelers have a really good defense. Without Watt, though, it's a below-average unit that relies on turnovers, and turning the ball over is unsustainable. Or counting on turnovers, you can't do that. So Yeah, day um, in and day out, for sure. I, I don't think the Steelers' defense, especially without Watt, is is even close to a, maybe an average unit at best. And the Browns should be able to run the ball in that case because they have, definitely have a, a strong offensive line that could – mitigate some of the other pass rushing options on Pittsburgh. All right, so we'll have our pick show out Thursday morning this week. So you'll get them early, bright and early Thursday morning because we're recording on Wednesday night. So you'll be able to get those picks for college football 40 hours before the game starts. Hopefully they're still good. We're going to have the articles coming out as well for our college football picks at watchstadium.com. So we got you covered. As we do every single week, we got our picks podcast. We got our picks article. 
Hopefully we'll win some more money this week. College football is going pretty well. I'll say it. And I'm really happy with the way college football is going. We just got to gotta get back on track with, with the NFL. You know, it's, it's a tough, tough league to bet for sure. But we'll be back on Thursday morning. Good luck to everyone. Until then.